Hey folks, what is going on? It is Rob Payone, aka Crypto Bobby, and welcome to another episode of the Proof of Talent podcast. Today, we got a great interview with Graham Parrish, who is actually somebody that I used to work with before I started Proof of Talent. Uh, he was a software engineer at Fluidity, the parent company of Airswap, and is now a software engineer at Coinbase. And in this conversation, we talk a lot about what it takes to become a software engineer in the cryptocurrency space for those who are currently working in in the engineering world outside of crypto and may be interested in transitioning into it but also a little bit about his background getting into engineering in particular because he actually didn't major in computer science in college and he attended a boot camp after college so we talk about that process as well and how he ended up pursuing a career specifically in the crypto industry I think if you are interested in technical positions in the crypto world, or maybe you're, you're not an engineer right now, but thinking, hey, maybe this is something for me, this will be a really good conversation for you. And as always, this podcast is obviously sponsored by Proof of Talent. If you're not aware, Colton and I run Proof of Talent. It is a recruiting firm that works exclusively with companies in the blockchain and cryptocurrency world. So if you are somebody that is looking for your next job in the crypto world, always feel free to reach out to us at proofoftalent.co or if you are a company that's hiring, looking for new talent, feel free to reach out to us as well. And we're happy to speak with you about exactly how we work and how we can help you to find some of the best talent that is looking for new opportunities in the industry. All right, without further ado, let's hop into that interview with Graham. I didn't actually major in computer science. Um, I was a communication major. I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was 18. Um, and I was just Same kind boat. of living up. <laughs> um, but yeah, by the time, it was like the summer after my junior year, I was like doing some online, like HTML, CSS classes. I wanted to like build a website. And I was like, oh, okay, I actually really like this a lot. Um, so I took a couple CS classes my senior year and just started like learning a lot of JavaScript in my spare time. Um, and I had enough units to graduate, so I wasn't gonna like, do a CS major, but I was at that point like really grinding, like self-studying online. Um, there's just so many good resources. Like a lot of people these days are self-taught. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much my story. I just like grinded really hard, uh, nights and weekends studying, went to uh, immediately after I graduated college, I went to a boot camp in San Francisco called Hack Reactor. Um, and then right after that, I got a job back in San Diego where I went to school. Um, working at like a web agency, building like mobile and web applications. Um, I was doing that for about a year. And this is like just heading into 2017. Um, so I immediately at that time was getting interested in crypto, um, made the jump after about a year at my first job. So, yeah. I'm curious, you mentioned Hack Reactor. Like what's, what's a, what's a, a boot camp like, uh, you know, like what was your experience like? doing that you know you're not in a classroom you don't really have a, a teacher what was that like yeah so hack reactor was pretty intense i think most of them are pretty intense they condense it down into like three or six months so we were going like monday to saturday from like 9 a.m to dinner pretty much um so it was all, all we did like you know no one was doing anything else other than that program and it was you know people who wanted to either make a career change they were professionals and had a career and they wanted to change or um, people who, you know, were just driven and, um, you know, everyone there's already an intermediate programmer. You have to have kind of like a baseline skill level 
where they take you from like, you know, intermediate to employable essentially. Um, but yeah, it was a phenomenal experience. The instructors were great. This was back in, you know, 2016 that I did this. So, uh, you know, a lot could have changed since then, but I, you know, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, that's, it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I think we definitely talk to a lot of people in the software engineering world that come from those, you know, bootcamp type backgrounds. And I think they've grown in popularity even more so since 2016, 2017, especially with like Lambda school coming to prominence, but you know, kind of going beyond that, I know you'd mentioned getting your first job out of college at a development shop and then going into to when you started actually working in the, the cryptocurrency world, would love to get your thoughts as far as like how you were able to, to find your first job in the in the crypto industry. Yeah, so it was a bit of serendipity, actually. I was spending most of my time when I wasn't working, like going deep down the crypto rabbit hole. I'm sure everyone remembers like when they first heard about crypto beyond just Bitcoin, but going into like Ethereum and the unstoppable application narrative and all the you know things that you can dream up about what could happen in the future. And then, you know, picture yourself being part of that. And so I was spending like, you know, totally captured my imagination, was spending all my time thinking about that and researching companies and projects. And um, I was going to an Ethereum meetup in San Diego at the time. And one of the speakers was Michael Oved, who was one of the co-founders of Fluidity. And I actually was like in the Telegram channel back then and mentioned that we had a meetup and he said he was going to be in LA at a meetup. And so I said, you know, he should come to ours too. And so he did. Um, so I was a bit of like, you know, taking initiative, I guess, putting myself out there, but he came and spoke and everyone loved it and chatted with him afterward for a bit. And then a few you know, months later, I saw that they had a job posting. So I just emailed him directly and got the interview. One thing led to another. That's awesome. I feel like everyone's got their story of how they like tripped and fell down the rabbit hole. And yeah. everyone knows once you fall, you're not getting back out of that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that kind of ties into the next question is kind of like, you know, it, this is such a fun industry, right? There's so much to do. There's so much going on. Um, all these new projects um, all the time. Like what do you enjoy most about working you know, as a software developer in the crypto industry specifically? Yeah, I think uh, there's never a dull moment, as you guys know, right? Um, there's, you're not going to be bored working in this industry. There's always something going on. Um, it's also just as, as like a technologist, right? It's like the, the bleeding edge of technology where uh, things are evolving and being proven or disproven in real time. And, um, you know, we're really kind of like pushing the needle on what's possible and just being right there is... Uh, you know, it can be a really thrilling experience. So uh, I think that coupled with just the fact that there's, you know, a high upside, right? If we're on this rocket ship and things go well, um, we build the future that we all want, then it's it's really great for everyone. So there's a lot of excitement. For everybody, like the, the space just moves so quickly. And it's, I like always joke with people that it's like dog years, you know, it's one year in yeah. crypto, seven years in, in like real life. But <laughs> I, I also, like I, I also uh, just like, like your story a lot too, as far as finding, uh, you know, a job at Fluidity. I think for me, kind of a similar type of scenario where it was just like building a personal connection with somebody. 
And I think that overall, it's a really underrated, underrated way to, to try to go and find a new opportunity. Um, you know, so many people will, will just you know, maybe apply directly to a job opening and that's great. And that might work if you have a stellar resume and it just jumps off the page. But if, I mean, even if your resume is not fantastic, like Colton and I know, you know, when you post a job online and you get a hundred applications, sometimes things can get lost in the, you know, in the inbox and, and being able to take the initiative and go and do that one-on-one -on -one direct email that is is so much more effective in in the long run even though it might take yeah. more time yeah i totally agree i mean it's one thing to like apply to a company that is like a really big company like coinbase for example where they have a good recruiting funnel you know it's very formalized uh there's people looking at it every day and moving people through the process but then when you think about like a smaller startup they usually don't have formalized recruiting funnels and recruiting pipelines and so uh, it, you know, they just go onto their app that they use to intake applications and there's like dozens and dozens and dozens and, uh, you know, it's easy to slip through the cracks that way. So that's a good point. Yeah. And you, you like, um, if you're you know, passionate about one company or, or another, um, you know, you can pretty easily reach, you know, founders and, and, and things like that on Twitter, you know, or whatever app or social media they use the most, you can go there, seek them out send them a DM like you did, you know, send them yeah. an email, you never know, um, you know, and just put yourself out there. I think that's great advice. Um, you know, so if, if you could go back in time, um, you know, I know you kind of fell into it. Um, but would you do anything differently before starting your career in crypto? Like, would you plan it differently? Um, would you have been a little bit more strategic? How would you have played that out? That's an interesting one. I actually don't, think there's anything that I really would have changed. Um, for me, I kind of just jumped right in with two feet and moved all the way to New York for an opportunity that I thought was promising. And, you know, I don't regret that at all. I, I'm much better for it. So uh, yeah, and in my case, I guess I'm lucky that I don't have anything I'd really call out to change. It's kind of funny because we both went to work for the same company and just kind of both jumped in head first uh, when we did that. But I'm kind of curious too, because I, I don't have the, the context of, of being an engineer and, and of being a software developer in, in the crypto industry. I've, I've worked in it professionally before, but I don't understand the, the tech challenges at, at a, a minute level as, as somebody like yourself would like, you know, in comparison to the traditional world, is there anything that's particularly challenging about you know, being a, a software engineer in the crypto space, at least right now, or even previously? Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people, a lot of engineers who come from working on like web 2.0 technologies, like I, I'm primarily like a web application developer. So that's what I can really speak to, right? Like full stack web applications. Um, and a lot of people coming from that background, we have like very well defined, well tested tools that have been around for a long time. Um, the developer tooling at this point is really excellent. The cloud services that are offered make it really easy to spin up things and orchestrate things. And in crypto, a lot of that's lacking. So even like something simple, like reading data, like you're building a application that needs data from Ethereum, like that data querying layer is not a given. <laughs> like we went through several <laughs> iterations of it, right? And like, that's a pretty important thing to be able to get 
transactions for users, metadata about users, whatever it is, a smart contract interaction, like um, having to figure out those implementation details on your own, that's just one example, but that's something that happened all the time for me. Um, and on one hand, it's cool to be building that stuff, thinking about how to solve those problems on your own. But on the other hand, it's not cool when like, you know, you're using the only library that exists to do some esoteric thing and like there's no documentation and you're reading source code and it's like, you know, <laughs> not going to be doing that with uh, React or something, right? Where you, the documentation is just a dream. So it, yeah, it, it's kind of like you're, you're building the plane while, while it's in the air, you know, like yeah. you're trying to figure it out on the fly. <laughs> For sure. Um, for sure. What, what do you what, like as you look at how things have changed? I mean, you've worked in the industry now professionally for like, I think over over two years now. Do you think things are moving in 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 a positive direction from a tooling standpoint? Kind of curious about your thoughts on that end. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, like shout out to the graph if you've heard of that company, what they're working on. Like, that's the type of tooling that we need to you know help people just build things more quickly and not worry about all those nuts and bolts um, on the back end. So I think we'll continue to see more things like that. We have a lot, I'd say like in the last three years that I've been working in crypto, like the tooling is one of the things that's gotten a lot better, especially for Ethereum. And I think that, you know, up and coming smart contract platforms and protocols are really building with like developer tools in mind. And so, you know, I think this will be less of an issue, but it's just one of those things when you're, trailblazing and pioneering it's like it, it comes with the territory it definitely makes sense i mean over time it's only going to get better and it'll lower the barrier of entry for you know more more software engineers and, and developers to to get in um and, and just have more tools at their disposal um yeah. you know what has been um you know, you've been in the industry for three plus years now it's like what what has surprised you the most about working in crypto versus what you were kind of doing previously Hmm. I think for one, it's kind of like the, the immediate thing that I noticed, like going to fluidity was just how smart everyone was like the, some of the smartest people that I've met in my life have been connections that I've made through working in the crypto industry. Um, you know, both at fluidity and at hackathons. And when I went to DevCon, um, it, it's really just when there's something like a new technology, I'm, I'm sure that if you worked in, another technology that's kind of really on the fringe and uh, you know, pushing to create new technology that doesn't exist yet, like you know, AI research, uh, like virtual reality, things like that. It just attracts people who are really, really intelligent for one and driven. And mm -hmm. you know, there's some people in the world who are just kind of like a different breed and uh, being exposed to them and being around them is just, uh, it's really a treat. Um, it, it rubs off on you a little bit, like that saying, you know, you're the combination of the five people you spend the most time with. And so being, being able to surround yourself with good company like that is, is a great thing. Yeah. I remember, I, I think it was like at some point in time, uh, Michael Oved, who was one of the co-founders of Fluid, he was talking, he was pretty early on in the HFT high frequency trading world. And I want to say like, 2008, 2009, and he was kind of talking about the the, the amount of, of technical talent, like the depth of thinkers that were there and how crypto in 2017 and 2018 was kind of a similar type of environment where it was very early on, but you had these really like sharp, deep thinkers 
that were trying to solve really interesting technical problems. And I think that, like you said, that type of, of environment helps to attract a certain type of individual that kind of raises the bar of everybody else as, as they go through, you know, as they, as they work in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Echo that. And, and just looking in general at like your crypto career thus far, is there anybody that has been like very influential, whether it's somebody you've worked with or just somebody you've interacted with or kind of read their content curious if there's been anybody that really stands out as, as influential for you? Yeah, this, this is interesting. Cause there's those people who like, you don't actually know them, but you've read or listened to a lot of their work and like, they're inspiring them. There's like the people you've worked with. So I think I can give, I'll give like an example for each one. Mm-hmm. Um, so for one, uh, when I was first getting into crypto, I remember like the speaker, it might've been on like Laura Shin or Patrick O'Shaughnessy's podcast, but um, they had one of them, I can't remember who had Olaf Carlson Wee. And the way that he was able to articulate and like lay out the long-term vision and promise of blockchain technologies was just like so inspiring to me. And he, he doesn't do as many public appearances or public speaking um, anymore as he used to do. But anytime that like I come across something that he's done, like he's, he's very, he's a very prescient thinker. Like he's always kind of thinking about what's next uh, and very clearly articulating like the promise of, of the technology. And it's kind of nice to go back to that when like you're in the weeds and uh, it's easy to kind of like lose sight of where you're thinking about things going in the long term, And when you're just going like day by day and brick by brick, you can, you can lose sight of that. And I think that's, it's important to have that. And so, um, yeah, he's, he's one of the best thinkers, I think, original thinkers in the space. Um, in terms of someone that I actually know, I would say one of my colleagues from Fluidity, Sam Walker, I think he was like one of the earliest hires that they made as well. Um, he was just like, when I first got to Fluidity, like I, there weren't a lot of engineers there yet, but I worked with him a lot and I had never met someone who was like that good just with front end programming in general. Um, I was mostly doing like UI development when I first started at Fluidity and just learning from him and like how self-sufficient he was. And, um, he, you know, like we'd have like a technical problem or something and he would come back after the weekend with like a full architecture diagram and working proof of concept code. And, um, for like web three development specifically, like, like we were talking about earlier, there's not a lot of prior work there. And so the way that he would deconstruct problems and from first principles, come up with a solution, like, it was really inspiring and it made me a lot better. I learned a lot from him. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and, um, just this, this next portion is, um, really kind of with those out there in mind that are working in software development in some other industry in some capacity that want to get into the crypto industry, trying to find their way in, you know, what can they do? So that's, that's kind of the direction of these next couple of questions here. But, um, so for someone out there that's just, that's listening, that's interested in getting in uh, to the industry, what would you tell them um, right off the bat? Like, what would you uh, advise them to do to get in? Yeah, so I've actually talked to a few different engineers, like friends of mine and acquaintances, having like the same conversation with them. 
And what I've seen sometimes is that people think like, oh, if I want to get into, you know, working at a crypto job or something like that, I need to have like a smart contract developer skill set. Like I need to know a lot about smart contracts and be able to write them or like, um, you know, oh, I could never work for this company that is like a foundation for a protocol because they just want Rust engineers who write memory safe protocol code. And like, you know, I need to go learn that. And the truth is we're in an industry now that's big enough to where like, that's not really the case. So you can work for those companies in different capacities doing, you know, if you're like a web 2.0 engineer, right? Building like web applications, cloud architecture, like things like that. All of those same needs still exist. Like we're not at a point yet where we're at the end state of Ethereum or some other smart contract blockchain where everything is on the Ethereum virtual machine. And like most of these companies, there's still going to be like an off-chain component to it. You still need, you know, DevOps and infrastructure. You still need good UX on the front end. Um, and so I guess I would say like, if you already have existing skills as a programmer, it would probably be easier to like focus on just becoming really stellar and sharp with those. Um, and then just by virtue of being a good engineer with that skill set, getting hired at a company that you like because you believe in their technology, rather than saying, okay, I'm going to go, you know, spend, lock myself in a cabin for a month and try to learn how to write Solidity, which like we don't even know if Solidity is going to be a thing when we have a WebAssembly virtual machine. It's like, if you really want to write smart contracts, then, you know, go for it by all means. But don't feel like you have to pigeonhole yourself into some niche right like just focus on becoming really good at what you're already good at yeah that's I, I think that's really interesting because a lot of the conversations especially you know even with early stage companies that we have tend to tend to kind of mirror that uh, advice i think a lot of times people at least it seems to me people are are just looking for good solid proficient engineers at a specific skill set and most of the time that specific skill set isn't even something that has to do with blockchain technology. They might be looking for, you know, a DevOps engineer that's a Kubernetes stud or a full stack engineer that's really proficient in JavaScript or, you know, a, a backend developer that works a ton with with Java. Like that that seems like the much more common uh, search for most people. So I guess to to me, it seems like one of the things that would be potentially like, like you said kind of mirroring off what you had mentioned kind of focusing on what you're already good at if you're in engineering and programming already that's yeah. going to be a lot easier than going out like you said and trying to take some type of you know solidity boot camp or trying to do a, yeah. you know a core bitcoin yeah. programming class or something like that yeah yeah, I think that also brings in that will ultimately bring in people from other industries right like this industry is going to grow. You know, we need people from, you know, really successful companies like Airbnb, Airbnb and Slack and all these companies that are, that are, um, that have great kind of UX and on the front end or things like that. That's how you draw in um, that kind of talent into the crypto industry. You don't have to have a specific skill set that's related to blockchain. You know, focus on what you're really good at. That's great advice. Yeah. I think that's like a good way to put it succinctly. Like you don't need blockchain domain specific engineering knowledge and and looking at the situation right now like when you're thinking about um 
engineers kind of getting into the industry and even if it's somebody that's that's not working it right now like are there particularly any good ways to contribute to the blockchain or cryptocurrency world even if you're not working a full-time job like you're have something else you work at another company but maybe you know maybe after work or on the weekends you might want to contribute a little bit of time like is there anything that somebody could be doing that would be helpful for their future career prospects i think it's harder now obviously with the pandemic um, but hopefully if things get back to normal in the future if we have a vaccine or something like um eth global events or if they move those online those were really really good ways for people to meet and have stuff to put on their resume. Like when I was looking at resumes, if someone had a ETH hackathon prize on there, like that always caught my attention immediately. So uh, it's also just a great way to network and to meet people. Projects have booths there. Um, but yeah, I guess it's not as feasible right now given the circumstances. So um, other than that, I would say just open source development is a good one, but it's, it's hard to like get noticed from doing that unless you have a really popular open source project or you've been, you know, contributing to uh, some open source pro project for like a long time and they're hiring or something like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I would say really like, if you're just looking for the best way to use your time and not trying to be like, uh, you don't have like some altruistic motivation to like help a protocol that you really love. Um, like if you're just trying to like optimize your time, I would say like, just even start with like 45 minutes a day and just like do the hard work of, going over the fundamentals and people don't like to hear like data structures and algorithms, but like it's, it's good to refresh on that stuff and work on a toy problem and just, you know, day by day you get better. Yeah. That's uh that's, that's great advice. And I think going back to it too, like the, the conferences are not necessarily conferences in general, because I think there's, there's definitely a delineation between like crypto conferences, which are, yeah for the most part, pretty terrible places to ever go. Um, <laughs> and then uh, like the the more developer focused conferences, I think that is is a like great just thing to potentially, if that ever opens back up. So who who knows? But I, mean, I went to the ETH Global or ETH Boston event last year. I think it was last September. And just seeing the turnout there that was at, they had that at Harvard. And then I think there was one at, in New York a few months later, but the, the turnout and the the environment there of of people it seems like such a good like collaborative environment and a great place to to network i mean even even the booths those are all potential if you're out of the industry potential future employers or or just good people to network with yeah definitely agree yeah so um picture yourself coming right out of a boot camp you're like you know 21 years old you've got the world at your fingertips um, you haven't pigeonholed yourself. You're not an expert in anything. You know, what are some of the top languages or technologies that an engineer should start to familiarize their, themselves with um, if they really want to get into the things that are outside of my expertise? I don't feel like I can give super valuable, like, oh, you know, you should go learn Go or something. Like, yeah. With, with that said, Go is like a good language to learn. But, <laughs> uh, so go learn Go. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, if like, you've just written Python in college, I think there's a lot of shops that are writing go now. So uh, yeah, that'd probably be a good one. But what I was really going to say is like my like expertise is really on, you know, product development, like I've been saying. And so that's mostly like JavaScript, especially on the UI. And so, you know, for that, I'll say like, if you're like me and that's what you have the most experience with, or it's like what you enjoy, um, then definitely focus just really deep on react. Um, don't worry too much about, 
other things with React, like uh, Redux or like MobX or whatever, just really, really try to get a deep foundation in React and really understand it and try to use like all the latest idioms and things like don't write like component classes, um, try to use hooks, try to understand uh, why we use hooks and um, just really if at work here, I know it's hard because like I was at a job where like my first job, we were using older technology and it's tough when you're not working at the latest stuff uh, day to day, but you can still work on, you know, projects in your spare time and you can make things that are really impressive and continue to hone your skill set that way so that when you do get to the interview and they're, you know, quizzing you on React or having you build a feature or a component in React, um, you're just really comfortable and uh, not only able to implement it, but a big thing I think that can differentiate you is like being able to articulate why you're implementing it a certain way, um, why you're doing certain things. And that is really how you demonstrate mastery and stand out. And so you can practice doing that um, on your own too. Just looking to, I mean, this could be resources on the tech side, or it could just be like general industry resources. You can kind of take this in either way, but are there any specific resources that you utilize to stay up to speed on uh, the tech or the just the greater crypto blockchain industry in general, whether it's like a book or podcast or God hmm. forbid a YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who'd watch anyone on YouTube. I, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, for me, mostly these days it's Twitter. Um, it, the signal to noise ratio on Twitter can be a little rough sometimes, but you know, if you are able to curate like a good list of people to follow, um, I really do find like the best, most original content on Twitter consistently. Um, so that's my primary one these days, honestly. The runner up for me would probably be Discord. A lot of uh, crypto projects, they have like developer communities on Discord. And so um, there's a lot of really bright people in there like hacking away on stuff. And there's uh, you can often like talk to the engineers who work on these protocols in there, which is like really cool. Um, so yeah, I'd say Discord. And then back when I was first like getting <clears throat> like getting into crypto and learning about it more, I listened to a lot of podcasts. Um, these days, I feel like I have like a pretty good, uh, you know, I have my finger kind of on the pulse of like what's going on. And so there's not a ton of like original stuff that I'm going to learn from a podcast, but if you're new, uh, there's really, really good crypto podcasts out there. There's too many uh, for me to name, but if you just dig around a little bit, you'll find them. Yeah. They're not too hard to find. Yeah. Um, this, uh, this next segment we can end on is, is just something that Rob and I used to do on our former uh, podcast, rest in peace, crypto Bobby uh, called pump it, dump it. So it's the idea is name one thing in the industry that you're buying and one thing in the industry that you're selling. So Rob, you want to kick us off here? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll, I'll do both. Um, and both are going to be the exact same thing. It's kind, of, <laughs> it's kind of cheating, but it is what it is. First of all, uh, I'm pumping TikTok pumps just because it is absolutely hysterical. I, I've, I, I don't think I've laughed so hard watching the, watching the videos from TikTok of these like 16 year old zoomers <laughs> just sitting there like I don't even really know how TikTok works but just like the background of Robin Hood behind them and just pointing up and just being like 
No, <laughs> the one guy just saying it doesn't matter if you know anything about investing, just, <laughs> but just pump it. Um, was like the most. I, I didn't get the quote right, but was like the most epic quote ever. But alternatively, I'm going to dump TikTok pumps because the U.S. government is apparently going to come down and pour cold water on TikTok. So the TikTok pump phenomenon in the crypto world and R.I.P. Dogecoin is uh, might be a short-lived phenomenon when <laughs> when when Donnie Trump decides to shut down uh, TikTok. Dogecoin can't be shut down. Can't do it. Well, It'll find no, a way. Nobody develops on Dogecoin anymore. So it literally <laughs> is just. It still rips hard, though. Uh, every all season is a Dogecoin season. <laughs> yep. Graham, what do you got? That's funny. Um, okay, so I'll start with the the bad, I guess, or like the sell it. So the, the like DeFi yield farming meme, like I, I like DeFi, <laughs> but like the, like the farming emojis and stuff. And like, I'm like, come on, like this is like, do you remember when Vitalik tweeted? Like, I don't know if it was like maybe even two years ago now, but he was like, something along the lines of like if all we're going to talk about is lambos then I will <laughs> that's how i feel like it like all we're going to talk about is like farming like come on yeah uh, so yeah sick that, gains then, though what's that sick gains though that's that's, that's what i've heard are you getting yield um for the good i would say um man i don't know there's so many things that are interesting the i don't know why this is on my mind but the uh, TBTC project keep network. Are you familiar with that? Yep. Yeah. I really, um, I really like the premise of that. Like I remember when it first was announced, like, uh, you know, reading all the work that they put into it and, um, it's a really cool premise. And I know that the first time that they launched it, they had like a security issue, but I think they're really taking the time to get it right. And like, I'm glad that something like that's going to exist. So uh, I'm excited to see how it plays out. That's awesome. Yeah. Lots of exciting stuff like that, you know, moving along here. Um, my pump it uh, for the week. Uh, some big news from Coinbase or, or also a couple things here, just generally the, the VC and Wall Street kind of combining with all these IPOs, potential direct listings coming up with Coinbase and BlockFi. BlockFi is looking to bring on a CFO to help them go public. Um, even Ripple, I think last year announced that they we're heading for an IPO um, either this year or next. So that just, it's such an interesting time um, to see these companies that are finally kind of growing steadily, consistently, you know, trying to go that direction, um, which ultimately, in my opinion, will be, I mean, a net positive for the industry, um, legitimizing the industry in a lot of different ways, forcing, you know, a lot of institutional investors to, to do their due diligence um, and to take it seriously. So I think that's huge. Um, so a lot of good news there be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, and then my dump it was similar to yours. Um, a lot of these, uh, what the newest one, Binance, I think they bought their emoji. I think it's like 10 G's and you can buy, <laughs> it's, it's you can buy your G's. emoji if you do. Is it 50? I think so. Oh, yep. geez. Yeah. So I think you hashtag BNB on Twitter and you've got the emoji popping up just like the Bitcoin one that Jack and Twitter implemented or whatever. I don't even know how that Crypto, works. Crypto.com did it. Yeah, um, yeah. we, we got to stop doing that. I mean, I don't know who's next. I don't, I don't know who would be next. Uh, I think Ethereum, I'm surprised there isn't a, a one for Ethereum yet, but it's probably in the works. You know, hashtags are adoption. So I don't want you to, I don't want you to <laughs> poo-poo hashtags because hashtag Memes. Bitcoin is, is <laughs> big time, big time adoption for us in the future. So it's it's all sunshine and rainbows from here but right. graham uh 
I really appreciate your time popping on today. I think, you know, the, the context that you gave to a lot of interested engineers in the space or even pay, people who might be considering engineering as a career, uh, especially in the crypto world is, is going to be really helpful. So really appreciate your, your feedback to, to those that are you know, interested in something like that. Yeah. I'm uh, glad I was able to talk with you guys and thanks for having me on. Thanks again to our good friend, Graham Parrish, for joining us on this episode of the Proof of Talent podcast. I hope it was enjoyable and valuable for you folks out there that are considering a career in the crypto world, specifically in the software engineering development field, and that you got a bunch of, of good context and information out of it. And as always, if you are interested, it could be an engineering role, sales, operations, marketing, legal, it doesn't matter. If you're interested in a career in the crypto industry or if you're hiring, we work with 15 of the top companies in the crypto world right now to help them hire talent and find talent. So feel free to reach out to us anytime at proofoftalent.co. Have a good one. Peace.